1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. hope you're all well. Thanks for making this part of your day. As, uh, by the way, a clean home is a healthy home. Right now, zero res. Cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Uh, mention The Zone. When you call, you get a fourth room cleaned for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning. 801-288-9376. Three rooms clean, fourth room free. Got to mention the zone and uh, take advantage of that. Love those guys. Yeah. Kurt Elon's going to join us coming up here in a moment. We'll chat with him, get his thoughts on the bubble. Scotty, we're so close to a whole new experiment in the NBA where the NBA is going to be uh, allowing guests into the bubble. I'm nervous. By the way, this is the first time since this whole thing started that I'm actually nervous about the virus. Yeah, there's... This opens up a whole new world to possible stumbling blocks, road bumps, or speed bumps, whatever you want to call it. Um, four guests per player, but you can exceed the four guests per player with children. Guests can travel on team charters following their test. Guests will be allowed to attend the games. You're going to get one ticket to playoff games, and you can bring in a child that's under 30 was it 32 inches? Yeah, 32 inches. I think it's like 32 years old. I'm like, no, under, it's an old child. Under 32 inches because I guess they just don't have a lot of room. It's like what, Disneyland? It's like you, you can only come in if you're under 32 inches. Yeah, they, it's actually a 32-inch room. You get one ticket and you can bring in somebody that's under 32 inches. Um, any individual the player has not previously met in person or with whom the player has had limited in-person interactions will not be given access. So you're saying you've just... You've just gotten to know her on Tinder. You can't bring her into the bubble. No swiping right and get her into the bubble. That's not that's not happening. Yeah. All right, Kurt Heelan joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Kurt, how are you? I'm doing good. I, I to say, I was admiring, and I wasn't the only person. I really admired the person who had to write that memo for the NBA <laughs> and had to find out how, how do I delicately phrase, you may not bring Instagram models into the bubble <laughs> had to come up with uh, had to come up with if you just know them through social media it was it was it was a you know a, a little work of art there word wise yeah they did it pretty well I mean, this is diplomatic the that's way why they, you hire lawyers to yeah. write write stuff exactly. like that uh, what, what did you yeah, think about well this uh, what, what did you think about kind of the list of allowing guests into the bubble I, I I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty expected. I mean, mostly what we're talking about are friends and family and, and kids, right? And uh, the thirty, you know, you were saying the thirty-two inch thing, the height thing's a little interesting, but um, I, I think they're just trying to keep younger, you know, somebody from bringing their whole extended family <laughs> into the bubble or something, but or and into games specifically. But I, I thought the whole thing sounded pretty good. I can tell you. And, and I'm sure that the jazz people are, have been saying the same thing. It's like the first thing everybody brings up when you talk to somebody in, uh, in the bubble. They're just not used to being away from family and friends for this long. I mean, what's the longest jazz road trip of the season? Two weeks, give or take, right? Like yeah. the longest yeah. ones are, you know, the, 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 the Spurs have the rodeo road trip that takes them out every year for a few weeks. And the, and the Lakers and Clippers get kicked out of Staples Center because of the Grammys. But those are like two weeks long. It's very different than, you know, months away um, or even just a month. So it's 
it's front of mind, and they really want to get you know people in. Um, the, the players that are going to be there for a while really want to get you know get their friends and family in, and I, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, is this though? And, and I just told Hans this. This is the first time since uh, the everybody came into the bubble that I am a little nervous about the virus. I mean, you've kept everything yeah. under control, and I understand these guys need to see their families. But but now that this ramps up a little bit, and I got to imagine there's people around the NBA that are going to be uh, on pins and needles for the first uh, week or so when these when this, when these families come in. Yeah, and the families do have to go through the quarantine process and everything. But that's look, that's going to be really interesting, isn't it? Like. Hey, you've been dying to see your family. You have to bring them into the bubble. Oh, by the way, they're in this room over here, and you can't go see them yet. Or you know, you can yell at them and talk to them off a balcony or or down the hall, but you can't actually see you know your kids. That's that's going to be a rough few days. Like that's going to be um, that's going to be a, a you know a, just a tough spot. So, but yes, I look they're they're concerned about it too, and they've done a. You know, so far an excellent job of keeping the virus out of out of the bubble. Uh, this is one of the big weak spots when you start bringing in more and more staff. By the way, teams get to bring in a couple more staff members if they if they reach the second round. Hmm. Uh, Kirk, can you help us understand what's going on with Damian Lillard? He, his <laughs> game and his effort level and everything about him is next level right now. What? Uh, what's going through his mind? What is his driving force right now? And don't make Damian Lillard mad. Just, no. Just don't. <laughs> there's, there's certain players, Kobe was that way, like, don't motivate him. Don't, like, don't give them extra fuel. Uh, he's one of those guys who's really able, and he is really, I, I think there's some legacy things there. I think that he is always, and I guess we could debate whether rightfully or not, but he has always felt slighted like being in Portland and committing to Portland and being somebody who is not trying to leave Portland and is, you know, very active in the community there has slighted him on the national stage at some level. And I, I'm not sure if that's so much Portland as them not winning as much, but, or, you know, not getting deep enough in the playoffs. So they made the conference finals last year, but it's just, I'm not sure he feels the credit and, and that kind of slight really motivates him. And now he is, he wants this this team struggled this year. Um, he wanted to push them into the playoffs, and they are look, they control their own destiny now. And you know, I think I've told you guys before, the Lakers really didn't want to see them in the first round. Not that they didn't think they could beat them, but that's just not an easy out, man. <laughs> They've because beyond beyond just Damian Lillard playing out of his mind and potentially you, you you've got to get the ball out of his hands in any clutch moment at the end of the game. But beyond that, I mean, it's got C.J. McCollum, who's injured but still can put up points. And Yusuf Nurkic is very good. And Gary Trent Jr. has been fantastic for them. This, you know, just kind of a breakout star for them. They keep finding guys. Terry Stotts is a smart coach. That's just that's a really tough out for the first round. And uh, I think they thought they were going to get Memphis and a bunch of rookies. <laughs> and uh, that doesn't appear to be the case, too. And and the thing is, I know it's not possible, but if the NBA really wants drama, can we find a way for the Trailblazers and Clippers to play a seven-game series? Oh, God, that would be fun, oh. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that would be – there's some – I mean, that goes back to that for people you – you've got to remember what Damian Lillard did to uh, the Thunder a year ago where he yeah. just – 
he just uh, Paul George was part of that, and that just all carried over. That would be a yeah. They don't. They would be on opposite sides of the bracket, so it wouldn't really work out. But that would have been a fun series because um, any any motivation to give Pat Beverly a chance to talk more um, <laughs> was always entertaining. I mean, when we get uh, sisters and girlfriends involved, that's when it really ramps up another yeah. level too. So well, that's yeah, and that's that's pretty common, isn't it, guys? I mean, and I, did you get this when you were playing football? Like, all right. You talk a lot on court, and guys will kind of there'll be a lot of talk, and that might carry over to social media. But it's there's kind of a I don't want to say an unwritten rule, but there's kind of a hey, that's as part of the sport thing. And family and friends take it to a different level. Like they just yeah. come in really, and, yeah. and they did in this case where they they went way over the top to the where they, Lillard and, and George had to talk and like we're good, okay, we, we, we keep this good, okay. It, yeah, they kind of uh, they come in. I think this happens at like a lot of levels, a lot of sports. It's you know, it, it's not just from my personal experience. It's not the youth soccer players that are the problem. It's parents. I, I know we need to move on from the Blazers, but I've got to ask you one more question. We'll, we'll jump into the Jazz and we'll jump into whatever, whatever this order is going to be. But I was talking to Scotty about this because I watched parts of that Portland Dallas game yesterday. And Carmelo Anthony had 26 points, and he yeah. had some big shots on the outside, and he was fairly efficient from the field, and he's been reliable through this seven-game return to this point. Could Carmelo, could Carmelo Anthony be the difference in a postseason? And potentially, yeah. I mean, he could. He make. He finally accepted a role, right? Like this was what was the issue for the longest time. And Lillard, who is, by the way, considered one of the best leaders in the league in the locker room too. Like he's just got a lot of respect from guys and, and kind of goes about things the right way. This was always the concern. Carmelo Anthony wanted to start, wanted the ball in his hands, wanted. It's if you're one of those guys who could always go get a bucket, it's hard to take that step back and and accept a role because you're you know that skill just isn't quite the same anymore. He has finally gotten there mentally. He's doing it for this team, and it's Olympic mellow, right? Like all of a sudden, Lillard and and CJ and who you know and whoever are creating some space, and he's knocking down the open shots and making the plays where he's supposed to. And it's been fun to watch. He's he can play like this for a long time and, and be an important player for that team. Hey, uh, random question here. Uh, and the Olympics might be enough to put it over the top, but, uh, you know, Carmelo's resume is a lot of points, uh, but not a lot of wins. Do you consider him a surefire Hall of Famer? Yeah, without question. Yeah, he, he's in. you got to remember, he gets um, – it, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, so you get yes, to throw yes. in the Syracuse National Championship uh, that, that he got. In there, but I think so too. I mean, he he was for a generation as good a bucket getter as there was. Man. He could just go score in an isolation NBA, and I think he got caught right as his skills started to decline. Is when the way defenses had shifted, being able to isolate on the wing just wasn't unless you're hyper efficient like uh, you know James Harden or something. It's just not, you've got to have other options. And he is, he just, he kind of, he kind of, his skill declined and the game evolved and he kind of got stuck for a while until he figured out how to play around that. All right. So 
the Jazz have one more game to play. It's against the San Antonio Spurs. It's on TNT, 4.30 here, Mountain Time. And we know that the Mavericks, the Suns, the Grizz, there's still quite a few games to finish out tomorrow. But when this all shakes out, where are the Jazz going to be? Where do you think the Nuggets are going to be? How, how do you feel like this order is going to look when it all is said and done tomorrow? I, I got a feeling it's going to be Jazz 6 and Nuggets 3, and that's your first round. I, we'll, we'll see. I, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how these things play out. The, you know, the, the focus has kind of been on the eighth seed, and, and you get a Spurs team that is motivated tomorrow. They have to win. Right, like they, they absolutely must win to advance, and 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 they they played really well with this four guard lineup and going small and and playing with one of the fastest paces there. And uh, I, I guess this Greg Popovich guy can coach. It turns out he can yeah, a little bit. He can adapt his style and, and be pretty good. Um, but I got a feeling. Look, I don't think that's a bad matchup. Denver's look, not that Denver's. Denver, you know, Nikola Jokic is special and. Michael Porter Jr. has really stepped up, and Jamal Murray's had a couple good games. But I've, from the start of this, I thought Denver's vulnerable. I've just not been a big Denver guy. And if you get them in the first round, um, I don't think either Denver or Utah has really played up to the levels they'd hoped going into this. But if Utah can start to find that groove and put it together in the playoffs and, and you know, that could be the team to beat. That's that's a winnable first round series to me. Uh, overall, what are your thoughts on the Raptors as they continue their uh, their run? I want to say that you know I've got them on top of my power rankings to come out later today. I think they've been as good as anybody in the bubble. They've been you know look, that's a that is a smart team that knows how to play deep. But then they got crushed. I mean, yeah, not everybody played, but. They got smacked around by the Celtics, and sometimes I wonder if I'm just – I'm just not sure where it works. But that said, I've got them on top. They have been – they can score a variety of ways, but what's been most impressive, they've, they've got the best defense now in the bubble. They've moved up the ladder, and they have been locking teams down. And if they can find a way to get Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam rolling – I, if somebody's going to challenge the Bucks, it might be them. That yeah. might be the team that can just. I mean, the Bucks are obviously the team to beat, but if they stumble, and we've seen them stumble, I mean, if you told me that they stumbled and the Raptors were back in the finals, that's that's a really an impressive job considering they lost you know Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. But I think it just speaks to the versatility of that lineup and the depth and, and the way they're playing for, for Nick Nurse. Kurt, always a pleasure, man. We appreciate it. Looking forward to talking uh, playoff basketball with you next week. That, that's going to be fun, guys. Take care.